The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. Beatty Chevrolet saves you money. 2.9% APR or $5,000 total value on new Silverado 1500s. New Equinox with 1.9% APR plus no payments for 90 days or 2,500 total cash allowance at Beatty Chevrolet. Deep down the middle's got his man and he's gone. Jason Swain, touchdown. It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give it to his house and a red flag. Dead End Barbecue is here. It is the best day of the week. It is Tuesday, February 20th. Glad that you are with us this morning. We got some things to discuss today. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Again, that is 865-255-03. Wait a minute, fuel by Daddy Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Ben McKee set to join us. You know what? He is joining us. Hey, it's Ben McKee. What's up, my man? Good morning, Jason. How are you? Hey, man. Uh, hold on. Oh, 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 hold on. Oh. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Sir. Ben. Jason. Um. I I need I need for you to um I need for you to turn up a little bit, man. Uh, it, it is the the best day of the week. <laughs> well, I, I, it look, is I'm... Tuesday. Tennessee them hired themselves some coaches up in here. Tennessee out here winning, making your job a whole lot easier, um, sir. I mean, it's it is a it is a beautiful day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Healthy. Um, you are. I, I was about to say, you know, handsome, but I won't go too far. Um, like everything, everything is good. Everything is good, and if it's not, hey, there's somebody got it worse. So, Ben, I'm gonna need for you to get your mind right, get it together. We gonna do this one more game. We gonna do this one more game, Ben McKee. Jason Swain touchdown. Ben McKee. It's time for the Swain event. Let me let that with let your let host, that beat Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for bit. the real he sports fan. Turn up the volume a little bit. Turn up the bass. Drop the treble a little bit. Ben McKee. For the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Hold on. Here we go. Good. There we go. 
Yeah, there we morning. go, baby. That's what I'm talking that, about. That, but look, I, I am fired up this morning. The reason that I was hesitant there is because it sounds different on my end this morning. I, I think I'm hearing you through Zoom rather than through your microphone, which is why I was wondering. I hope they can hear me, oh, which okay. is why which is why the energy w- was a little different. Now, I, I'm I I'm not going to lie to you. I am I am tired. I am very tired. It was it was a long weekend. Uh it's a struggle this morning. I am a little bit on the struggle bus this morning, but I am excited. Uh, Tennessee football appearing to make two nice uh, assistant coach hires uh, yesterday on Monday. Uh, obviously, we are going to get into that. Tennessee basketball, big week ahead. Uh, should be an easy win tonight at Missouri. Ha- had a dominating win on Saturday over Vanderbilt. I uh, hope that's enough energy for you. Uh, big win on, on Saturday for the Baller Vols. And, and then again, a, a big week coming up, especially on Saturday with A&M as, as you start the, the four or five game gauntlet uh, to, to end the regular season and, and potentially win an SEC regular season championship, which I think is more impressive than winning the SEC tournament. Uh, and then baseball, man, the home opener in a renovated Lindsey Nelson Stadium. I, I'm very excited uh, to see what Lindsey Nelson looks like on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, given that it's February 20th, it seems like we're going to get some good baseball weather today and tomorrow. And uh, it's going to be really cool to see the fans in, in a renovated Lindsey Nelson Stadium. And it, it, it'll be a sweet moment, not only for Tony Vitello. I, I heard him talk about that in, in a couple of different interviews yesterday uh, with John and Vince on Sports Talk and then last night on Vol Calls. Uh, just a lot of preparation and planning and to see it finally come to fruition the hard work and what they did to to earn the renovations it'll be cool to see fans in in the seats so uh there's a lot to be fired up for right now swain there there's no doubt about that and and i promise you i am i promise i it is much better than the alternative I, i appreciate having as much to cover as we do certainly beats the alternative of uh trying to talk about programs that are irrelevant and not going so hot. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get it, man. You should, you should be able to, to, to hear me okay. Oh, uh, now your voice sounds crystal clear. There we go. Yeah, I don't sound like Steve Harvey, baby. I don't know about all that. Um, but you, you're right, man. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of positivity going on. There's a lot, man. There's a lot, and. We're here for it, man. This is the golden age right now. The only thing that could be better is winning a championship. That's it. And we understand how hard that is because only one team is able to do that. You got to have some luck on your side. But there's a lot of programs right now that's in position to win a championship. And there's a lot of programs out here that know damn well they don't have a chance to win a championship. Like, imagine getting up. In the morning, and you know there's a zero percent chance that you can be great, that you can win a championship, that you can do something special. Zero percent chance. Just imagine it, that feeling. Imagine being at a program, being a fan of a program, where you know dang well your team is not going to compete at a high level, that the best your team can do is win 70% of its game or 60% of its game and go to the NIT or go to the NCAA tournament but not expect to win 
anything. Um, have a decent run in the postseason play if you're baseball. Go to the second, third round of the SEC tournament. Go to the second or third round in the SEC tournament in basketball. Go to a rinky-dink bowl game because you win seven games. And you win that game at the end of the season, in the bowl game. And you treat it like a Super Bowl. And you hoist that trophy. And you hug that trophy on the way back home. You, you give that trophy its own seat on the plane. You give that trophy its own seat belt. There's some programs out here. That's a reality for them. That's a reality for them. Not Tennessee right there. Not Tennessee right now. Was it like that before in some places? Uh, yeah, in some places. In some places. But not right now, man. And this is this is a this is a good day. This is a good day. It's been some good days str- strung together, but this is a good one. And Ben, I know you was crisscrossing the country. Thank you for not sending me any photos um, of, of your food. This trip, I appreciate it. Uh, I'll be just really frank and honest here. Um, I've been that way doing this for a long time. I don't really plan on changing. Uh, I was not going to pay $30. I wasn't going to do it. I just, I, I was following Tennessee baseball Twitter account. I was following Ben McKee's Twitter account. I, I wasn't going to pay $30. I just wasn't going to do it. Um, but I was, I was, I was engaged with the updates. Um, it's good to see Billy Amick start his career on fire. Like it's, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, that is fantastic, man. But let's start with the biggest news and we'll get back to, to baseball. The biggest news is that Tennessee has hired themselves some football coaches and it didn't take two weeks to do it. It was quick based on what we're used to seeing, based on what we're used to experience. It was quick. Starting with the running back coach, Darrell Sims. I saw his first name. I said, let's go. <laughs> I ain't never seen nobody's name spelled like that. Let's get it. I've never heard of anybody's name. Darrell. Darrell. Yeah, I've man. heard Tremel. Yeah, Darrell. Darrell, Darrell Taylor. Uh, that, okay, touche. Yeah, that, that was a dumb moment. We got to that blankety blank. Yeah, you well, the difference. I never, to your point about, the, the spelling being so different than something you've ever seen. It, it's so different that I forgot that it even was pronounced like Darrell. Yeah, yeah, Darrell, yeah. So I saw the name, I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's, there's creativity in that family. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. Um, then I saw he was from Union, South Carolina. Um, he ran behind. Five-star. Offensive tackle. VFL, Eric Young. How about that? How about that? Teammates with Eric Young. Class 2003. Did I feel old when I saw that? Yeah, I did. But it's all good. Then I start looking at the bio. Start looking at the bio. And 10 years ago, I would turn my nose up at the bio. Probably five years ago. Yeah, probably five years ago. Maybe seven years ago. Ben, I won't speak for you, but like, I would look at this resume and go, "Mm, eh, I don't know. But today, 
his resume fires me up more than William Inge. Inge. I said that right. Inge. Inge. His resume fired me up more than our linebackers coach that we just hired. The times have changed. Things are different. Ben, when you saw Darrell Sims' resume, your first reaction? Similar to yours. Um, it, it's not the flashiest resume of all time. I, I don't think you, you look at the... It's not hiring Rodney Garner or Kevin Steele and immediately saying, that's a home run hire. That is an exceptional hire. Uh, but I also don't look at it and, and scoff and wonder if if he'll be a good fit or a good hire um, because it, it's not a bad resume whatsoever. It's just not one that I, I think will get a lot of fans excited, quite frankly. And also, quite frankly, that doesn't matter because Josh Heupel has proven to – I mean, Josh Heupel's been – I won't say he's batted a 1,000, but – he has a pretty high batting average in, in terms of hiring coaches. I, I think he's done a, a good overall job during his time at Tennessee, if if not a great job, of, of hiring coaches. I mean, how many people wondered about Jerry Mack when when Heupel elected to hire an HBCU coach, an HBCU head coach as his running backs coach? I, I think a lot of people wondered if, if that would work. We're certainly aware of the Memphis connections, um, but Jerry Mack proved to be one of Tennessee's best assistant coaches both as a developer and as a recruiter. So uh, I, my, my initial reaction was, oh, that's a nice hire. And you, you look at some of the things that he's done with, with Louisville and Cincinnati. They, they've been fairly productive, just Louisville and, and Cincinnati. Those aren't brand names that really pop off the page at you. Uh, but it appears that his rooms were, were fairly successful uh, there while he was at those different stints. And um I think the the thing that I like about the hire is the recruiting aspect of it. I do think he seems to be a, a nice developer of running backs, but I like that he has ties to the Southeast. To me, that is the most important aspect of, of this running backs hire. Question. Do you do the same things now? How old are you? It's hard to keep up. 27. 27. Do you do the same things at 27? As you did at 18. Absolutely not. Yeah. Circumstances have changed, right? Mm-hmm. Family. You got, a, you got a real job. You don't work on some digital podcast show where dude runs out of his house and you got to go to his house. Like, you got a real job now. Uh, like, you're on the internet. You you, you go to the website. Go Voss 247. You see Ben just... Whoa, like right there in your face with a video, uh, autoplay is a real thing. You evolved. I think as fans, we evolve. And if you're not evolving, then you might need to here. The reason why is because college football is different. College athletics is different. I mentioned 10 years ago, seven years ago, five years ago, we look at this hire and go, "Eh, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't know. I don't know. But here's what I've learned over the last few years. 
I think we touched on this last time we did the show. The guys with a resume. That was their peak. In the past, that's what you were looking at. That's what we're seeing. You look at a coach, oh man, he did this five, ten years ago. He had this player five, ten years ago. That don't mean he's going to do the same thing today. Because college football is different today. Your nerves work differently today. Like as you get older, you have less patience for BS. You have less patience for stuff that don't add value to your life. As you get older, you realize that time is the most important thing that you can have. So you don't really have a lot of time for people wasting your time. The outlook changes. I think as a fan, you can do the same thing here. Josh Hyper went out and said, you know what? I need somebody that can recruit, coach, develop. And it's not about getting a guy that recruited well five years ago or seven and a half years ago or 10 years ago who was 247's recruiter of the year in 2013. How does that help us today? Because maybe he was hungry in 2013. Maybe he just got his first start in 2013. Maybe he's not as hungry anymore in 2024 because the transfer portal in the NIL has worn him down. He's just collecting a check at the collegiate level. If he, if he could go to the NFL, he would. But he's at an age right now where, honestly, he's closer to retirement than going to the NFL. There's a lot of coaches in college football that's like that. Give me a coach who was foaming at the mouth, Ben McKee, foaming at the mouth for opportunity to coach at this level. Foaming at the mouth. Give me a coach who's foaming at the mouth that has the ability to connect with people, that has the patience to connect with young people, because you got to have that, along with the ability to develop to coach, to evaluate. That's important. But I look at Darrell Sims, his bio, Ben. This is his first big opportunity. You you go look at his bio, and you can tell this dude has been clawing and scratching for an opportunity. Like, he was at Carson Newman. Like, he was, man, this, he lit. Like, I've, I've been out, what, Jefferson City? I've been out there a couple times. A brother named Darrell Sims in Jefferson City, eh, you must really love football. <laughs> like, if you're willing to, 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 to be out there and start your football career. He just like he, he didn't jump on the scene like we saw like we've seen some coaches where they spend one year in a small school and then boom before you know it they're at a big school. We call that privilege. Doesn't mean you're white or black, but it's it's privilege. It's based on who you know. 
Darrell Sims didn't have that opportunity. So, dude's foaming at the mouth for an opportunity. That's why I like this hire, Ben. Because I think dude's going to come in here and it's like, man, finally. Finally. I saw his tweet. Did you see his tweet, Ben? Oh, yeah. You see? Hey, dude is thankful. Mm-hmm. Tweeted uh, yesterday. Lord, I thank you. This man has been praying for an opportunity like this. He's been praying. Not to get all spiritual on you, on you this morning, but the good Lord said, you know what, Darrell, you've been, you've been obedient. You've been doing everything you're supposed to do. You've been coaching football the right way. You've been walking the right way. I'm about to bless you, Darrell. I'm gonna give you Tennessee job. He said, "Lord, thank you." That's the coach. That's the coach I want, Ben. I answer the phone. Your floor is yours. Well, quickly before we get that person on the phone uh, or on the line, is I, I completely agree. I mean, I, I I would I love the the guys who just absolutely grind. You, you know how you and I operate. We, yeah. we love the guys that get it out of the mud because we get it out of the mud. And uh, Darrell Sims seems to be another guy that gets it out the mud and uh, I thought it was important that the running backs coach had ties to the southeast and Darrell has ties to the southeast and that's going to pay dividends on the recruiting trail I believe and in in today's day and age of NIL and this and that I mean I I think you really have to have a grinder on the recruiting trail just because of how how many different things that are constantly thrown your way. I'm going to get to the phones. I got, I got some more points to make. Uh, I'm not going to pass the collection plate today, but I do have some more points to make about, about this. Uh, so let me get to the phones. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Swain event hotline. Good morning. Who do we have with us? Good morning, Jay Swivel. Good morning, Ben Jammer. My man, Big Orange Mac. Good morning, King. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I had to call on in. Uh, Being called me out last week, said I don't ever call in no more, man. I, and it I'm worked. Kind of busy it worked. Days, so I, I'm working, working, working. Uh, you did it out the mud, I, too. And we appreciate you. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people make a big hubbub about, you know, he has, has ties to the southeast. Look, if you got a mouthpiece and you can sell a hog a pork chop, mm. I don't care what region you coaching in. Mm. Yeah, I know the southeast region is a little bit different. The culture is a little bit different. The 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 way we do things down here is different. But if you got a mouthpiece, look at Dion. What's Dion's number one thing? He's got a mouthpiece. Got a mouthpiece. The man is a used car salesman. He's a damn good used car salesman. Yeah. If you can do that. I don't care what region you in, you can go to Antarctica. If they got a five star uh, Eskimo in, in 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 Antarctica, and you can get him to come to University of Tennessee, hey, do what you do. Do your thing. I don't think my just my personal opinion. I don't think it don't matter if you got ties to the southeast or the Midwest or the Pacific Northwest. If you if you can recruit, you can coach, and you can run that mouth and. Uh, uh, get get people in here. I, I have no problem with it. I just I think it's just too much hubbub built up around. Well, he's got to have connections to the southeast. Uh, it helps. Don't it get helps. me wrong. Yep. Uh, but 
uh, you know, get out there. You know, as soon as you get here, go go to every little hamlet between Mountain City and Memphis. Uh, getting to know these high school coaches, getting to know these local high school kids, uh, that will help. We know there have been some coaches here in the past that didn't care to do that. So they only went by what 247 told them who was good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But uh, I think uh, – and, and you, you mentioned something earlier, you know, uh, some cats get it out the mud. They spent two or three years at Carson Newman. They spent two or three years at Austin Peay. And some cats born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Mm. It's not what you know, it's who you know. I ain't mad at that. No. no you no. know, I ain't mad at a hookup. No. You know, some, some cats just got it like that. I ain't mad at it. But uh, I, I just I just think, I, I think it's some good hires. I mean, uh, one coach uh, that was on the coaching staff just went to a national championship. So, uh, I, I like the hires. I really like it. Uh, but man, I got to get off here. Got to get this grind on. Make this paper. Ben Jamin, I love you. Hey, by the way, how's my nephew doing? Nephew is doing good. He, he's into anything and and everything, and we're basically running at, at this point. So he he he's a handful. Good deal. Good deal. Jay Swizzle, Ben Jamin, I love y'all. I'm out. All right. All right, Mac. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate, appreciate your, you. Good to hear your voice. Thanks for thanks for calling in after I called you out last week. My my plan worked. My plan worked. I guess that's all it takes sometimes, right? Just call call somebody out. Like we need to call Triple O out. We, we need some Triple O thoughts on and reflections on on his lines almost making it to the Super Bowl. We, nah, we, we need to hear from Triple O. Nah, I mean I just want to know Triple O's good. I don't want to hear nothing about, no, about no damn line. Well, I, I see Triple O on Facebook. Yeah, I, he looks like he's doing 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 well. Well, you got to give me an update because I ain't getting on Facebook. Well, I, I I get on Facebook for one thing and one thing only. That's to clear any notification that pops up on <laughs> on my screen. And and sometimes Triple O is the first post that I see when I get on to clear the notification. Sims began his full-time collegiate coaching career at Millersville. What? Where? Who? What? When? Where? Why? How? Where is that? In 2012, he was a running backs coach and and video coordinator at Carson Newman. Y'all, that's like being a high school coach and also being a strength coach and also being head of the grounds crew. Like when you coach at a small place, you you, you have more titles than just running back coach. You got other titles. Places like Tennessee, there's there's so many video coordinators, it's crazy. But he had to start there at Carson Newman. Then he went to Western Carolina. He got a little taste of the NFL life um, where he participated in the NCAA NFL Coaches Academy in 2014. Um Conducted by NCAA leadership development staff and NFL player engagement. Okay, got a little taste of that. Western Carolina, he spent some time there. So he has connections to the Carolinas, which I think is a very important state for Tennessee uh, because it's very hard to go and just grab all the players you want from Alabama or Texas uh, and some of these other schools, Florida. Uh, we saw what Missouri did with their law. Carolina is a very, very important state for, for Tennessee. So he has connections there. He has connections in Georgia. But Big Orange Mac is right, man. It's a, it's really about the mouthpiece and your ability to connect 
Um, if you're able to do that, you can recruit. If you got a personality and you can connect with people, you can recruit. I'll tell you this, and then we got to take a break. Two thousand three, I come in from Huntsville, Alabama, and you can kind of tell. What you throw your hands up for, Ben? I was raising the roof. Shout you out to you Huntsville. Want me, you know, when we talk raise about your hometown, raise the roof. Huntsville, Alabama. When you come in, there's different people from different parts of the country. So there, there's people from New Jersey, Oklahoma, California. Texas, Florida, uh, you know, Jersey, Chicago, like these are all these different people and they talk different. And so I was looking at certain dudes from Jersey, like Turbin Bride, going, dude, you sound funny. He was looking at me like, you sound funny. First time I talked to the Clausens, they sounded funny. I sounded funny to them. We all sounded funny to each other because we're from different parts uh, of the country. When I first talked to Eric Young, and Eric talked fast, any country. <laughs> so, like, imagine Ed Ogeron. Now, Eric Young is from Union, South Carolina, the same place where Darrell Sims is from. They were high school teammates. When I first talked to Eric Young, there's people that didn't really understand Eric Young. There's people who really didn't understand me. But the first time I talked to Eric Young, I understood him perfectly. He understood me perfectly. Sometimes it's not about where you're from. But to question Darrell Sims and his ties to the South, you can't get more South than Union, South Carolina. <laughs> it's like after hearing Big E and, and spending four years with Big E, yo, Union, South Carolina is, is Southern. So he's going to fit in really well here. And um, I'm, I'm excited about Sims. William Inge, I don't really know much about. I I need to wait and see. I know he coached the national championship. I know he's coached several places. I, I don't have that same feeling about him. And that's okay. Because, Ben, you mentioned home run hire earlier when you talked about Rodney Garner or, or Kevin Steele. And honestly, you don't even we don't even know what a home run hire is until they actually produce results. Because when we consider a home run hire, it's based on what they have done, not what they have done at your school. It's what they've done in the past. AM had a home run hire with Jimbo Fisher based on what he did at Florida State. He didn't do nothing in, at Texas AM. As a defensive coach, we brought in Jeremy Pruitt. And that was a home run hire from a defensive philosophy. But our defense was trash. It wasn't that good. So sometimes we look at home run hires, and it's all based on what they have done. Looking back at Jerry Mack, that was a home run hire. Why can we say that? Because of the results that he produced. He produced results. So we don't even know what... We don't even know when we can actually call these hires home run hires. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. How many times have we called something a home run hire only to admit a, a year or two later that it was not a home run hire? 
Too many times to count. <laughs> too many times, man. We've done this too many times. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm, I'm fired up about Darrell Sims. I, I really am. I'm not going to even sit here and, and pretend. I don't know as much about Inge. Bill is what coaches in the co- coaching circles call him. All I know is he knows what winning a, a, a conference championship means. He knows what competing for a national championship means. And he left Alabama to come to Tennessee. That's all I know, Ben McKee. That's all I know. That's good for me right now. Swain and Ben. Swain and Ben. Be right back. You're listening to the Swain event. You don't say. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Yeah! When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Vol Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. Name of the game, Ben McKee, is can you connect with people? Don't really matter what you did 10 years ago. And um, my biggest piece of advice to Sims and Inge is this is the fishbowl, man. 
this is this is a fishbowl. What you do or don't do, folks will know and folks will talk about. If you ain't recruiting, people will know. If you ain't developing, you ain't coaching, people will know. You can't hide here. Tennessee lost two minority coaches, two black coaches. Important for your staff to be diverse. Not surprised that Tennessee went out and hired two black coaches. May make some of y'all uncomfortable to say that. Sorry. It's time for you not to be uncomfortable. It's time for you to understand that diversity is important. In collegiate athletics, it is important when you are recruiting different types of people. Um, It's important. So if you feel uncomfortable, maybe it's time for you to start having some conversations with people that don't look like you so you can start being comfortable. Just saying, I'm just saying, Ben. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, but that was that. I think that's important. You you got to have a staff, different people, different backgrounds, different experiences. Um, that's how you learn from each other, man. That's how you learn from each other. I mean, it really is. And so, um, I like the hires. Now it's about. Getting on the phones, recruiting. All right, Ben, tell us about your trip, man. How how was your well, trip? How was your trip? Well, was your trip good? I think I think it, it, it was, and we'll talk about that in a minute. I th- I think we need to talk William Inge a little more. All right, in what, depth you got? what you got? What you than, got? Then then we have uh, because we spent a lot of time on Darrell Sims, and, and I think William Inge deserves similar conversation. Uh, I I agree with with everything that you said. There there seems to or I, I shouldn't say that, but I, I think both have, have something to prove at, at this level. I, and I think it's both on, on the recruiting trail. I, I feel the same about each hire. I, I like both, I, but I also have questions. Like at the end of the day, I agree with everything you said about Darrell. Completely agree. But he's got to go prove it at this level as well on the recruiting trail and being able to connect with young men. And when you talk to some people about William Inge, some of the response that you get is that he's a, a really good developer at his position, which I think is is great, Swain. I, I know this may sound weird, and you may put me in my place, and, and that's okay, but I would I would argue, almost argue, I think it's maybe fair to say that Right now, with this current roster, at least in the year 2024, it's more important to have a developer at the linebacker position than than a bona fide recruiter only like a Brian Niederbeyer. I I understand that, yes, you still need to prepare for the future, but I, I think it is, I mean, it, it, it is just so important to this football team in 2024 and the success of the defense that all these young linebackers that you've accumulated talent with Brian Jean Marie did a great job of accumulating talent and he did a great job of developing those those backers but those young backers need more development not saying that Brian Jean Marie didn't develop them enough he just left before he saw the final product so these these linebackers need to continue to be developed and take a huge step this offseason and you hear that William Inge is a better developer than a recruiter, at least that's what I've heard. Not saying that he's a bad recruiter, but just saying that 
apparently within industry circles, coaching circles, he's viewed more as a developer, which I think is a great, great thing for this linebacker room. Um, but there is also the big question mark on the other hand about him as a recruiter and and whether he'll be able to get it done at this at this level because also what you hear is that he's a he's a fine recruiter he, he's he, he's not maybe a, a great or an elite recruiter but he he does a, a fine job and, and so he'll I do think he'll have to turn it up a notch in that department if that is true um, but I, I I like both hires. But also recognize that that they each have something to prove. Not saying that they're not at all capable of it. They just haven't really been thrown into this type of fire just yet. And I think they have the potential to be really good. I give Josh Heupel the benefit of the doubt. But very curious to see how they do work out. Uh, and and I, I do really like the William Inchire uh, from from the development aspect. I, I think that's critical for this 2024 football team with that position specifically at linebacker. Can you repeat what you just said at the beginning about recruiting versus development? Because I, I don't want to, I don't want to miss mishear you. And, and for the twenty twenty four season, for the twenty twenty four season, a season in which you are hoping that you can take advantage of the Nico window, the defense needs to take a step forward, and if the defense is going to take a step forward. Your linebackers are going to have to take a step forward. You have a ton of of talent in that room, but it's all young, a little wet behind the ears. Even your guys now that are now upperclassmen like Elijah Herring, he hasn't played lights out football. He needs to take a step forward. Aaron Beasley's gone. You don't have any veterans to rely on. In the short term, in the short term, the developmental aspect of that linebackers coach responsibility is just as important as the recruiting aspect, if not more important, in the in the short term. Yeah, Ben, you're right. I was about to, I was about to tell you I was about to tell you ass up, Ben. I mean, I, I I'm not. No, but I'm I had not to a hit, fool. But, no, you're good. You're good. Like I, I just want to make sure I, I heard it correctly because you said short term, and I and yeah, like you're you're right because. Who who are you going to recruit between now and the start of the season that is going to hit the portal that's going to make a big difference at linebacker? Like you, you there's an unknown of who's going to be available at linebacker. We don't know. I mean, unless you, I, I unless guess you, you do have on. Keenan Peely as, as a veteran. I said Tennessee has no veterans. I, I should have acknowledged Keenan Peely. I'm sorry. Hard to remember him because he didn't play last year. Yeah, but like. You can't predict who's going to be available in the transfer portal to add to the roster in 2024 uh, to the, for the season. Coaching, excuse me, recruiting high school backers is different because you see all the fish in the pond. There's five stars, there's four stars, there's three stars. You can take your pick of who you want, and then you talk to who you want, and you try to recruit who you want. But you don't really know who's available in that pool between now and start 2024 season. So, yeah, I agree with you. Like, at this stage, development is is more important um, for Inge, the linebacker's coach, right? But generally, recruiting is more important than development because you, you, you can't develop a scrub. 
you, you just you just can't. You got to have talent. And so 10 times out of 10, if I had to pick one or the other, I would pick the coach that could recruit. I would pick a Brian Niedermeyer. And at worst, we got to play here, and my coordinator can help me coach him. Like, Niedermeyer didn't have to be a great tight ends coach. Well, all right, well, offense coordinator, come help. Come help Niedermeyer out. He can't coach tight ends. Cool, but at least he's wearing orange, not wearing red or blue or gold or some other color where we have to play against them. So recruiting is always more important than development. But for right now, short term, absolutely, I agree with you. Yeah, and and look, the reason I say that is I don't mean to be a simpleton and and just state the obvious. I'm really not trying to just give very vague insight very simple insight but the reason i i bring that point up swain is because it is fair to wonder how william inge will recruit at this level uh and, and again i haven't heard that he's a bad recruiter i've just heard that he is viewed by other coaches in the industry as more of a developer than a recruiter not that he's a bad recruiter but he's a He's been a, a fine recruiter. He's he's been a solid recruiter, and he just hasn't recruited the lights out of things like Brian Niedermeyer, for instance. Um, and and so the reason I make that point about developing being more important in the short term, not only because we're, it's February twentieth, and the timetable doesn't really allow you to bring anybody in. That anyways, um, is it's just because in case somebody hears that and is underwhelmed with the hire because he's not an elite recruiter or, or something along those lines. If, if anybody's underwhelmed, I'm saying that you should not be underwhelmed. I, I think you should. I honestly feel like you should be equally as excited about his potential as a developer, as a recruiter, because I agree with what you're saying, Swain. Recruiting should always come first and it is more important. I agree with that. But it also kind of has to go hand in hand. You can't have one or the other. You can't be a great developer and not be able to recruit. You can't be a great recruiter and not be able to coach. Brian Niedermeyer, great recruiter, could not coach. And he had all this talent that he was accumulating. And what did it look like on Saturdays? It didn't look good. All that talent that you're bringing in, that you're recruiting so well, it doesn't matter if you're not able to coach them up. So I, I think it kind of goes hand in hand. And that's why I make that point is in case anybody hears, oh, he's not an elite recruiter, a great recruiter, or at least he's not viewed as that. That doesn't mean that you should be disappointed in the hire because there are several other qualities that, that he brings to the table and the qualities that he does best and does bring to the table that fits what this football team needs the most in the short term at that position. Well, the truth is both coaches will have to recruit better than they ever have in their careers. Like Inge was going to have to recruit better at Alabama than he did at Washington because it's the SEC and the competition is harder. So like he was going to have to step his game up recruiting anyways. And that didn't even change one bit going from Alabama to Tennessee. It actually means he needs to recruit even more coming to, to Tennessee from Alabama because Tennessee has less talent than Alabama. And so it's more important for him to recruit uh, at a high level. And then Noah Sims, you know, him too. Like 
he can recruit the same quality of running backs that he recruited at Louisville. And I don't expect either one of them to. It's just like Josh Heupel when when Central Florida fans were celebrating when Heupel was hired by Tennessee and saying, oh, 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 he can't recruit. Yeah, he can't recruit to Central Florida, but he can recruit to Tennessee. He has signed Nico Yabayava, and he has gotten a commitment from George McIntyre. He has signed Merklinger. Three quarterbacks, two of five stars, one is a high four star. So, like, yeah, like, could Josh Heupel do that in Central Florida? No. So, where you are recruiting to matters. At 1,000%. I mean, I I know for a fact Darrell Sims, he will have the best resources he has ever had to go recruit. And, and, And that absolutely matters. Not only is the quality of player that you're able to bring in much different at Tennessee compared to a, a Carson Newman or, or a Cincinnati or a Louisville. But the resources that you're able to recruit with are vastly different as as well. And uh, I, I imagine William Inge, who's spent some time at, at Fresno State, and uh, he spent some time in, in the NFL, it looks like, or coached some guys up to get to the NFL. I'm looking at his resume. He, he spent some time with, with the Bills in, in the early, in 2012, 2010, 2011. Uh, he was D.C. at Buffalo. He was a linebackers coach at Cincinnati. He was at Indiana for a couple of years, Fresno State, San Diego State, Colorado, Northern Iowa. Uh, this is all leading up to his time at Washington. So like the, the University of Tennessee's resources to recruit with are better than Fresno State's, Washington's, Indiana. Buffalo, Cincinnati, San Diego State, Colorado, Northern Iowa. That ain't right. So, what's that? So you dang right. Yeah, dang right. Yeah. So, and he's viewed now as a solid recruiter, which is while he's been at all those schools that I just listed off. What does he turn into being able to recruit with the resources that Tennessee has? Maybe he's a better recruiter than he's perceived. Maybe he was making all the lemonade he possibly can out of the lemons that he was dealt with at these previous schools because he will have more lemons at his disposal at Tennessee than he's ever had before. So uh, he, he may have the reputation of being more of a developer than a recruiter right now yeah. and, and being a solid recruiter. But that kind of sounds like Josh Heupel to me coming into to Tennessee. In fact, people said Josh Heupel couldn't recruit when, when he was hired at Tennessee, oh, which th- this, this is one of my biggest – pet peeves about college football fans is that they see recruiting results. This really irritated me with some of my Bama buddies when they hired Kalen DeBoer. They look at, oh, Kalen DeBoer is barely in the top 25 at Washington. He can't recruit. What are your recruiting expectations for him at Washington? He, he's not going to have the number one overall class in the country at Washington. He's not going to have the top 10, top 15 class more than likely at Washington. Josh Heupel's not going to be an ace recruiter at UCF because it's UCF, it's UCF yeah. at the end of the day. No matter how much it's growing and has grown into a legitimate program and will likely continue to grow into a even more legitimate program, these schools have different resources, not only to recruit to, but in terms of the the, the talent pool that you're pulling out of. It's just different. Way different. Re- recruiting the, is not the same at Indiana or Washington or Colorado, Deanna De- side, uh, <laughs> compared to Tennessee or Alabama or recruiting in the SEC. And 
Swain, you and I have have, have had many conversations of, of how the recruiting for Tennessee's football staff needs to take the next level. But this recruiting staff or this staff has been really good on the recruiting trail, I think, since they got to Tennessee. And you would not have thought that based off the reaction when he got hired because he didn't recruit to UCF. So we'll, we'll see what happens with, with William and She'll have as much resources and as big of a talent pool as, as he's ever had. And all of a sudden, being a, a solid to good recruiter may turn into a great recruiter when when he now has great resources, yeah, that's what I said, man. When you when you hear Tennessee, man, you're in a fishbowl. So what you don't do well, everyone's going to know. And what you do do well, people are going to know too, and people will talk. And so I mean, that's just that's that's just the way it is when you are you know coaching in this conference, and uh, you have you know the, the websites like two four seven that um, their model is to give. The, the fans inside access to the program that they're rooting for. And they're going to talk. They're going to have their opinions. Um, <laughs> like they're going to love up on you when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and they're not going to love up on you when you're not. And some of the times it's, it's, it's unfair, but some of the time it is fair. Sometimes it's true. And sometimes it's untrue. Like, that's just that's just how it is coaching in this conference. And this this conference ain't built for everybody. They ain't and, built and for every coach to, or player. To to reiterate something, my last thought, and then we can move on to whatever you want to talk about. My my last thought is that, and I've said this a couple times already, you have to give Josh Heupel the benefit of the doubt. I think he's done a really good job for the most part of making hires on his coaching staff and uh, I, I I really like these hires. I I think they will prove to be good hires. The the question is how good. But Josh Heupel does, in my opinion, deserve the benefit of the doubt because he's done a a, a good job of of making hires. And really glad to see him go outside of the family and not promote from within. I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago that it's one of the things I love about Josh Heupel the most. I think it's a very endearing quality that he has to him, that he is very loyal and that he does want to keep it within the family. I think that is a great thing. But at a place like Tennessee, if if you want to close the gap between some of these schools, you're trying to close the gap between and and go win championships. You can't continue to promote from within. So uh, I, I think on another note, it, it was good for him to go outside of the family and, and not continue to promote from within. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, there's a time and place for it. Sometimes, you know, it's a time to promote uh, offensive coach to a coordinator. Sometimes it's a time to promote defensive coach to on the field position. Sometimes it's not. So as the head coach, man, you have to understand when you need to do that and, and when you when you don't. So uh, I don't have a hot take about the two hires other than I understand why they were hired. Uh, understanding Josh Heupel and, and his personality and how he operates, your ability to connect with people matters. The energy you give off matters. Like, all that stuff matters. And we live in a day right now in college athletics where you got players making the same amount as some of the coaches or some of the co- guys who are coaching them. It's important to have people that can connect and build junior relationships because if you don't, 
you're going to lose players. They'll be turned off and they'll, they'll lose. So you got to you, you got to lead um with realness. What was the motto first year? Real fast fun or fast fun real? One of I think it was real fast fun. Yeah, so like you got to be real. Simple as that. You got to be real. So, uh 865-255-03 is our telephone number. We'll go to the phones, the top of the hour, so we will take a uh, a timeout and then uh man, we'll continue the conversation. The Bay Chevrolet text box is open for you. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Swain event you will buy Daddy and Barbecue. You're listening to the Swain event. And you know this, man. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. Fellas, it's a new year. Low T Center can make it a great one. If you've been feeling tired and grumpy, have noticed a lack of motivation and drive, you may have low T. Low testosterone levels can cause weight gain, loss of muscle mass, and so much more. I recommend Low T Center. It's where I get my levels tested. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. And with their on-site lab, you'll get your results back in about 25 minutes. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. Has somebody on the line? Yeah, short breaks. Real short breaks, man. I was going right to the phones. I know. What do they think this is? Josh and Swain? Yeah, yeah, short breaks. Breaks like two two minutes. Good way to Much easier to pay my salary on here than your salary on there. I'm gonna keep ignoring you. One day I'm gonna <laughs> say something to you. One day, one day you're gonna get it. I'm gonna keep ignoring you though. 865-255-03. Betty Chevrolet text box. If you are looking for Tahoe Suburban, Equinox, Blazer, Silverados, Betty Chevrolet is your one-stop shop. Great deals, great specials, great people 
over everything else. 90, day, 90 years, they have been locally owned and have been operating. That means they're doing people the right way. They're doing things the right way. Their website, BettyChevrolet.com, is it's also the home of the warranty for life. Again, BettyChevrolet.com. All right, let me hit this text box. I, I do want to get Neil Mafia says, says, I'm sick and tired of recruiting. Why can't we have a draft? <laughs> mm. Cameron Tennessee Vall says, um, I think it's hard to say he can't recruit because he hasn't recruited at Tennessee yet. Not apples to apples. Also, I am underwhelmed. It is what it is. But if he proves to be an elite coach, his name will help recruit at that point. Um, Camden, Tennessee Vault. Who did you want Tennessee to hire? Like, if, did you do you have a name that you wanted Tennessee to get? He says, maybe underwhelm is harsh. I guess it just doesn't really move the needle for me right now. Wait and see. I think that's the right approach. I think it's pretty natural and normal when you don't know about a coach to be underwhelmed because you don't know about him. I remember when, you know what, let me ask you this question, then I'll make my point. In the last 10 years, Ben McKee, who has been one of the best offensive coordinators? One of the best defensive coordinators. We've had a lot, so you got to think about this. At Tennessee specifically? Yeah. Yeah, Tennessee over the last 10 years. Give, give me some of your best coordinators. Uh, offensive coordinator, the first one that comes to mind is uh, Alex Golish. Okay. And uh, would it be fair to throw Josh Heifel in there? What a dig deep, Ben. Uh, I'm just saying, it, it is his offense. Way to dig deep for that one, uh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave me alone. Uh, Mike Majakian fit within the 10-year window? Man, I, I, I didn't bring a calculator out for you, too. Well, I can't remember what year he was here. That was what, that was 13, 14, wasn't it? So that was within the 10-year period. I like Majakian. I think he did a, a fairly good job. I'd say Alex Skolish has been the best OC in the last 10 years, if we're not naming Josh Heupel. Correct. Golish has been Def- the best. He's been the best offense coordinator, him and Heupel. But the defensive side, I'd say Tim Banks or John Jancic. Okay. I got one that you missed. I got Mike DeBoard. When Mike DeBoard was here, Josh Dobbs was here. And when he was hired, there were jokes about the pool. <laughs> Because he wasn't coaching football, his like he coached Michigan like when like in the nineties. He wasn't even coaching on the football field when we hired him. There's all these jokes. Uh, dude was good. Like dude was good here. He did a great job with Josh Dobbs using his talent. He was good. He parlayed that into job at Indiana. Mike DeBoer was good. Nelson from Jackson was on it. Mike DeBoer. So, 
did Mike DeBoer have, have like this big name coming in? No, no one knew who he was. We was Googling his name, looking, looking at his bio, seeing that his bio was mediocre in the last five years. Achieved a lot over his coaching career, but that wasn't a home run hire at the beginning. But, dude, he was good. He was good. So, like, one thing I've learned, and this is why I said at the beginning of the show, like, it's time to evolve. I think as a fan, when you're looking at coaching hires, it's time to evolve because college football has evolved. The coaches that you think are home run hires were 10 years ago. They were five years ago. The coaches that have names, they were grinders five years ago. They were grinders 10 years ago when the game was not the way it is right now. You have coaches holding on in college based on what they did 10 years ago. They did five years ago. But they're not putting in the same work on the recruiting trail. They're not spending time on their phone like they used to. They're not. They're not. So give me a dude named Darrell Sims. I don't mind looking him up. I got the internet. <laughs> we can look him up. Find out information about him. Cool. Okay, he did it in Louisville. Running game was good. He played the position. Like, coaching running backs is coaching running backs at the end of the day. Coach, coaching is coaching. If you Dusty May or whether you are Rick Barnes, you don't know who Dusty May is? He's a basketball coach at FIU. Pretty good basketball coach. He, he is not the basketball coach at FIU. FAU, excuse me. So, like, coaching ball is coaching ball. The difference between the levels is all the fringe stuff you got to deal with, all the crap you got to deal with. And the the lack of resources or the maybe endless supply of resources. So if you can coach running backs, you can coach running backs. But if you have a burning desire to be successful, you can connect with people. You're going to be successful, man. Like, I remember when Trooper Taylor was hired, Tennessee. And if I was a fan, because I was a player then, so I, I mean, I, I, he wasn't coaching my position, so I didn't really care if he was good or not, honestly. Uh, but, like, if I was a fan in 2004 when Tennessee hired Trooper Taylor, we would crap on that hire. Ben, we would crap on the Trooper Taylor hire. Someone who's coached defense, coached receivers, and he's coaching running backs for the first time. He's from Baylor. This is before Art Browse was doing his thing. Baylor, ugh, ugh, disgusting. His first year in Tennessee, he had two thousand yard rushers. <laughs> the 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 simple fact is, we the public, most media and. Fans, we just don't understand whether coaches are good or bad because we're, we're not as aware of of who these people are. I had no idea who Darrell Sims was until 
Tennessee needed a running backs coach. No idea who he was. I had no idea who William Enns was until Tennessee needed a linebackers coach. We, we just we're we're not in the coaching circles. We we don't know these guys. We're we're not scouts. We're we're not NFL GMs. We're, we're not front office members. We're, we're not college head coaches or assistant coaches within that coaching fraternity. We just don't know what we don't know. And and so that that to me is why people think a hire is sexy or not it is whether they they know them and whether they've had success elsewhere. And there there are obvious sexy home run hires that the moment it's made, you know, without a doubt that unless a surprise happens, you you know what results you're going to get, such as Rodney Garner, particularly X's and O's wise and developing defensive linemen and, and what you get on the field on Saturdays, you know what you're going to get with, with guys here and there. But for the most part, as as coaches work their way up and nowadays with the attrition, guys leaving to go to the NFL and you, you, you've got group of fives jumping to the power five and, and you've got JUCO coaches or FCS coaches jumping to the group of six and so on and so forth. High school jumping to college at those lower ranks. We just don't know. We just don't know because we're not in coaching circles and, and we're not in the fraternity. So I, I think it's when somebody is hired that you don't know, there's a natural feeling to be underwhelmed. I, I think that's the case with day-to-day professional life as well outside of sports. For for all of us in in our own profession, we we want people to be hired that we know or that we think are good. And the natural reaction when somebody is hired that we know nothing about is to, to be a little underwhelmed or have a raised eyebrow. So I, I think it's just a, a natural reaction, Swain, just because, again, we, we don't know whether these coaches are good or not because we're not in the coaching circles. We're not. And there's really no way of knowing whether a coach is going to be good or not as they're they're climbing that, that pole or, or, or working their way towards the top. We, we just don't know. So Oklahoma State's head basketball coach, uh, Mike uh, Boynton, was doing a press conference. And he, was t- he was talking about NIL, and he was talking about recruiting Kay Cunningham. And for those who don't know who Kay Cunningham is, uh, was he number one overall pick the year he came out? But he talked about recruiting Kate Cunningham out of high school to Oklahoma State and how he had to out-recruit Duke the North Carolinas and the Kentuckys and the Kansas of the world. And the way he was able to do that because like, he had a connection with Kate Cunningham. He had a strong connection with him. That Kate knew that he was going to do right by him, period, point blank, because of the relationship that they built. From a monetary standpoint, he was not going to be able to compete with those programs. That's the mentality you got to have coaching, excuse me, recruiting today and coaching today. But that's like, that's the mentality you got to have to win today in college football. You have to be relentless in your ability to connect. You got to have that ability. And I think Josh Hype understands that. Just because you had a really good player a couple of years ago that you helped get to the league. That's not good enough. Like 
they're not knocking on your door to come sign up to play for you just because you had a couple first-round picks or a couple NFL players. They want the bag, too. They want the connection, too. They want to trust you, too. So, and honestly, man, I don't, who knows if these, these hires are going to be good or not today. I'm like, no one knows. It's, it's no different than a player signing with the school who's a five-star or a four-star, three-star. Like, it, it's going to take time for the results for us to know if, if it was the right hire, if it was the right move, if, if it was successful or not. Anyways, Ben, how was your how was your trip down uh, to, to Texas to watch some Tennessee baseball boys bring home a championship? <laughs> it, it was a lot of fun. It, it was a fun weekend. Uh, my parents met me out there. My dad happened to have a, a work conference in in Grapevine, Texas, which is north of Dallas and Arlington, uh, pretty much a suburb of the area. And he is his work conference was from Monday yesterday to Thursday of this week. And when my parents found out that they were going to or that Tennessee baseball was opening the season at the Ranger Stadium there in Arlington, they decided to make a trip out of it and they drove over uh, at the end of last week and got there in time for first pitch on Friday. So it was uh, a lot of fun to to hang out with them over the weekend. Got to tour the Cowboy Stadium, which was fascinating. Uh, that that stadium is, is absolutely beautiful and absolutely massive. I mean, it, it is it's exactly what you think it would be, exactly what you think it would be. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, other than that, it was a lot of baseball and a, a lot of late nights was able to Grab some some good barbecue here and there, um, but again, a lot of baseball, a lot of late nights, and good opening weekend for Tennessee. I think we learned a lot of real positives about this baseball team. Uh, this lineup is going to be deadly. Billy Amick and Christian Moore, those two guys are two professionals, professional hitters playing college baseball, and uh, everybody talks about their bats, but. Uh, Billy Amick is a good defensive third baseman, and Christian Moore is a good defensive shortstop, regardless of the narrative out there that they're only known for their offense. They are great all-around players. Uh, Christian Moore, who quite frankly was very immature as a true freshman two years ago, he has matured leaps and bounds and has developed into a great team leader. And uh, Tony Vitello said it was his team. It's his baseball team, which I, I thought was really cool and you could say that a lot of, about a lot of guys. You could say that about Drew Beam. Uh, he even threw Billy Amick's name in there. Uh, there's others as well. So uh, the offense is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year, man. Uh, Cannon Peebles is a stud. And and you could go up and down the, the lineup of, of guys who, who are going to have big years. Cannon, uh, they look Cannon. really good defensively. What's that? Cannon. Cannon. <laughs> the, yeah. I, I, I need to talk talk to the people over at Lindsey Nelson and make sure that we find a way to, to get that as a hot key at, at Lindsey Nelson to when he steps up, that's playing in the background as his walk-up song is, is playing. But uh, the, the two biggest positives for me were the two biggest question marks that I had, mm-hmm. and that was what were they going to look like defensively, and they were rock-solid defensively all weekend long. 
and they made some terrific defensive plays as well. They weren't perfect. Dylan Dryland had the line drive in left field in extra innings against Oklahoma that proved to be costly. Uh, could have caught that, but even that was a, a tough play. Got to catch it, but but a tough play. Kind of like a receiver trying to make a tough catch, hits you in the hands. You yeah, got to catch it, even if it was a tough catch to make. Um, but they were awesome defensively, which I think was a great sign. Uh, up the middle, behind the plate with Cal Stark and Cannon Peebles, and, and then the outfield as well. Uh, Blake Burke, I know a lot of talk about his offense right now, but man, did he look good defensively over the weekend. And um, the other second biggest question I had was with the bullpen. Uh, not necessarily because they didn't have the pieces back there, but there's just so much new and so much unknown. And a lot of those new pieces stepped up and looked really, really good against some good baseball programs. So uh, a really, really good weekend overall. I think Tennessee will look back on this and point the, point to that as a point in which they got better and, and that weekend helping them out for the long run and helping them prepare for SEC play. And I think it's a good thing that you leave the weekend only having one real major question uh, and and that's who's going to be the third starter. Uh, Xander Seacrest only able to make it two innings. Uh, to me, that's the biggest question mark with this team. And every team in the country has question marks right now. And, and look, all the positives, they need to continue to get better and don't get comfortable or anything along those lines. But uh, I, I think if you're leaving opening weekend with only one true question mark, serious question mark, then I, I think your baseball team's in a really good position. What's what's Wake Forest Twitter accounts deal? Why, why, I, I don't why know. Keep, why do you keep trolling Tennessee, man? Uh, it took me. It took everything in me not to quote tweet that tweet. I, I I was I was I was on the verge of being very petty. What's, I'm I mean, proud of what's, what's the deal? Not fired up. What, like what's the deal? Yeah, I don't. You don't know I, I, for real, like, you know, but you don't want to say. Well, what, what are you asking? I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know why they're tweeting it off. I don't. I mean, I, I don't know anybody over at Wake Forest. I don't know why they're sending the tweets that they they send. I think they're silly. I think it's ridiculous. For those who did not see the tweet, uh, Chase Burns ha- had a, a nice moment in his first start with Wake Forest, and, and was all fired up coming off the field. Looked like he was coming off the field in Southern Miss again. Um, then they Wake Forest baseball account flipped that moment and tweeted out change the narrative which is a, a ridiculous thing to tweet and a silly thing to tweet because I'm, I'm not exactly sure what narrative they're trying to change um are they trying to change the narrative that he was a bad teammate last year is that the narrative that, that they're trying to change the the narrative that he was a headache to deal with the, the last year and a half is, is that the narrative that they're trying to change because that would be a good narrative to change as, as you get ready for the draft that that you were a a headache for your coaches and not not the best of teammates and and causing some drama in the locker room that that would be a great narrative to change because surely they're not talking about the narrative that he's not a starting pitcher because he he wasn't a starting pitcher because of of his inability to get guys out it, it, it wasn't Tony Vitello or or Frank Anderson giving the the screws to Chase Burns and, and kicking him out of the rotation. He was awful leading up to when he got booted to to the bullpen, and he would have had a chance to be a starter this year once again. So I'm I'm not sure if, if they're if they're referring to him not being a starter at, at Tennessee to end last season. That was his own doing. He wasn't good, and 
Tony Vitello had to make a change. Frank Anderson had to make a change to try and spark the team. And what do you know? It worked. They went to the World Series for the second time in three years, won their first World Series game in like 20 years. Obviously, it was a, a correct pitching move and team decision to make it. It sparked them, and they went on a run after that. And Chase Burns, it sparked Chase Burns as well. He, he can be mad all he wants about not being in the starting rotation. I mean, he, he kind of grew, grew into a folk hero there the second half of the season with him coming out of the bullpen and, and had some, some NCAA tournament moments that will be remembered forever. Now, they're not going to be as fondly remembered because he decided to to leave afterwards. Yeah. But you weren't starting in the second half of the season because you were terrible to start the year. So I'm not I'm not quite sure what narrative they're trying to change. They, they need to be trying to change the narrative of him being a bad teammate and being a headache to deal with. But I'm sure that's not the narrative that they're referring to in that tweet. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm over here like, yo, what, what, what is Wake Forest doing? Because sometimes you can have you know, your social media person on a different page than, than, than the coaching staff. Sometimes you have a coach who directs what is said on social media. So, that's what I'm asking you, Ben. Cause they, they've had some weird tweets of late as well. They had some weird tweets on Valentine's Day uh, uh, that also, if I'm Chase Burns, I, I'm angry. That they tweeted at that photo of, of of holding a rose in the mouth with the rest of his teammate. Now, I guess I can't be too angry when I agreed to take that photo. If if I agreed to take the photo, then I guess anything that happens after that is my own fault. But that that baseball account has had some some interesting tweets over the last several months and they're they're really really good they're the front runner to win the national championship they they are absolutely loaded on the mound at the plate and chase burns is a heck of a talent oh, i mean what, what what he's doing is is ridiculous like having the fastball that he has at at 100 101 and throwing a change up 90 93 92 93 i mean it, it's it, it's ridiculous. So they they have a right to feel very confident right now, and uh, they they are the leader in the clubhouse to win a national championship. But they they are writing some checks that that they better cash uh, because people are keeping receipts. Uh, I I can assure you that. And and there there's some over in Tennessee baseball program uh, wondering why all of a sudden Chase Burns is is showing more effort at the beginning of the season this time around compared to years past. How he's throwing what he's throwing right out of the gates to where he was not doing that at the beginning of last season. But hey, you, you mentioned it, man. Uh, I mean, Wake Forest mentioned it. Changing the narrative, right? So, but I, I I wish Chase nothing but the best. But man, Wake Forest chit-chatting sure makes it a lot tougher for for fans to understand. Like, hey, man, go, go to a different school. That's fine. But don't don't keep running your mouth about Tennessee when you were the one that wasn't handling situation the way you could have. All right, Melissa. Tennessee what, did not treat treat him wrong. Yeah. Um quickly, we will uh take a quick timeout and then when we come back, go to the Betty Chevrolet text box. So you don't want to miss next segment. Hoops! 
tonight, baby. Tennessee, back in the top five. Baby. Swain event, fuel by that and barbecue. Baby Chevrolet saves you money. 2.9% APR or $5,000 total value on new Silverado 1500s. New Equinox with 1.9% APR plus no payments for 90 days or 2500 total cash allowance at Baby Chevrolet. Fellas, it's a new year. Low T Center can make it a great one. If you've been feeling tired and grumpy, have noticed a lack of motivation and drive, you may have low T. Low testosterone levels can cause weight gain, loss of muscle mass, and so much more. I recommend Low T Center. It's where I get my levels tested. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. And with their on-site lab, you'll get your results back in about 25 minutes. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Hey there, Swain Event fam. If you're currently renting and just about priced out of your place, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897. You may be able to buy a home and have monthly payments less than your rent. And wouldn't you rather pay your own mortgage than someone else's? Hope to hear from you soon and go Vols. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodmen of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's offsides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like the show on Facebook. Taking a look at the Baby Chevrolet text box this morning. 
I know we are talking football right now. But yeah, we did there at the beginning of, of the show for a good amount of time. And uh, Tennessee with the new hires is obviously going to be the lead. But she wants to say how wonderful it is to be Vanderbilt by 20 plus points two days in a row. Clearing the bench was fun with the men and Lady Vols. They look better since he worked back up to starting. And now we get baseball and basketball on the same day. I'm stoked. So, heck yeah, Melissa. Debut of the renovated Lindsey Nelson Stadium today. I know you fired up about that, Ben. I know you're going to the baseball game. You ain't going to Missouri, are you? No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to Missouri. I, I will be at baseball and will carry baseball coverage into basketball coverage. will be a very, very busy afternoon and a very, very busy week. Five baseball games, two basketball games. It'll be a lot of fun. I, I'd much rather have to cover seven games this week because of two top ten programs that have a chance to win a national championship than be covering um, – Programs that are irrelevant and and don't matter. I mean, I, I I covered baseball when nobody cared about baseball, and I say that to say that it wasn't uh, a super enjoyable feeling at the time. And part of I was a student journalist at the time as well. This was back when I was a student and loved baseball, so took every opportunity I could to be around baseball. Um, but it's it, seeing what it is now. And seeing the anticipation for a home opener against UNC Asheville when six, seven years ago, it was a miracle if you had a sold-out Lindsey Nelson Stadium on a Sunday of an SEC series to see what it has become now and to see what the stadium looks like from my vantage point in the press box compared to what it looked like a while ago. I would take five baseball games and two basketball games all day long. And the, the basketball program has been in similar situations. They, they maybe weren't as down as the baseball program and not as down for as long. But um, like we kind of talked about off the top of the show, Swain, would, would much rather it, – it's going to be a very busy week, but I, I would not trade the busy week for <laughs> covering an irrelevant program that has no chance of winning. 100%. Take it all day long. 100%. Good morning. Let's get to their phones. Uh, good morning. Who hey, good have? morning, guys. Good morning, Turkey Good man. morning, guys. Hey, guys. I'm going to ask Ben a quick question before you get off the air, if it's okay. Uh, Baseball-wise, yes, I do care about baseball. Uh, and uh, I was going to ask him, uh, could you name uh, this this early in the season three three players that we really can't afford to lose to make a run at any kind of championship? And I I'll love to hear that. I'll get off and Swain, appreciate you, buddy. And and uh, we need to sit down and, and get uh eat break bread one day soon and catch up. Maybe we can do that towards summer. But anyhow, I miss you guys and talk to you later. Hey, much much love, Turkey Man. Thanks for the phone call. Thank you, Turkey Man. Good to hear your voice. I'm assuming you're talking about if if they were lost to injury, three players that Tennessee needs to avoid losing to injury. The first one that comes to mind is A.J. Russell. I think that speaks for itself. He was absolutely dominant on Friday night against a really, really good Texas Tech offense. Tennessee, I mentioned earlier that there's a lot of questions with, with the bullpen. Uh, 
if if you lose AJ Russell, boy, do you have more questions? You, you still have talent, but uh, a lot of guys that got off to good start still trying to prove themselves this season. And I just don't. You, you need to have pitching depth in order to make a run, and and you just can't afford to lose AJ Russell, who may be your best pitcher and and is one of the best pitchers in the country in the SEC. Uh, Billy Amick, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. He's a professional playing college baseball, and uh, I, I think. He is very important to the clubhouse as well. Uh, very quiet, goes about his business twenty four seven. Never really has any expressions on his face. Uh, he looks annoyed and pissed off all the time. Quite frankly, every time you see him, no matter what he's doing, he just looks irritated. Uh, but that's just he's just laid back and, and kind of goes about his business. And his teammates love him. He's just too talented of a player to lose. Um, and then I would say. Christian Moore as well being that third player to, to round out the group. Um, one of the best hitters in the country, professional playing college baseball, like I said earlier and like I just said about Billy again. Uh, but if you lost Simo, then all of a sudden yes, yeah, second base is probably his more natural position, but uh, he, he is a very capable shortstop and I feel like he made a statement at shortstop this weekend. I, I think he showed that he Make can play it every day and, and play it well. And I, I would consider keeping him there uh, unless one of these freshmen really come on, which is very possible. Dean Curley and Ariel Antigua, they are studs, uh, just both injured right now. It'll be closer to SEC play, I think, before Ariel's ready. Uh, but Dean Curley, freshman from California, uh, he he will probably play and start at some point this weekend to get him back in the lineup, and uh, they're they're really excited about him. But you don't want to rely on a freshman or a newcomer in SEC play at that position at shortstop or really the middle of the infield. So you don't want to lose Simo's bat for obvious reasons. He's one of the best hitters in the country. But then the leadership role I talked about earlier with him, how he's matured, and then just you have two freshmen and two Juco guys that are newcomers if SEMO is not available. And I don't know that you want to go into SEC play without having a, a veteran presence that has been through SEC play. There you go, Turkey and, and I will say Drew Beam, I don't want to discount Drew Beam. I, I'd say kind of Drew Beam, A.J. Russell, just one in the same. Yeah, because if, you, if you're looking for a third guy, it, it, it certainly can't lose one and two. Then that puts you in a you know, bigger, bigger hole and having to fill two spots instead of just, you know, one. Um, uh, Nelson from Jackson. You want to read that message at 927? I already read that message. Me too. I read it. I read it 11 minutes ago. But I, I have not seen what is resurfaced with Grant Williams. Um, so the message is, what's wrong with Grant? I, I don't I, I, have an answer. All I know is my man is balling right now with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, that's all I know, Nelson. I, I think that's an old photo as well because I think yep. that's one that surfaced while he was in college. Um, it, it was a little frisky, a little risque. Uh, the very Valentine's Day esque that that went hand in hand with the photo that Wake Forest baseball tweeted out last Valentine's Day, uh, uh, showing a little skin, 
too much skin. Grant being very bold in, in the DMs while he was in college. But I, I do believe that, that that's an old photo that, that is resurfaced. I, I believe that's surfaced at the end of his time at Tennessee. And uh, it's now resurfaced. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Grant Grant has always been been very bold. Grant Grant is balling, kinda. Bold, not balling. No, bold. No, I'm talking about Nelson on the text box said that I can't say that Grant Grant is balling. Yeah, that's poor choice of words. I feel you, but that's a poor choice of words right now. Yeah, I get what y'all are trying to say. What 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 what's a different word I can use? He is playing the game of basketball very well right now. That's too much. That's too much. No, what you said is too much. I'm saying it. Grant Williams balling. Ugh. He balling. Big balling. That's right. Nelson says hooping. Oh, he hooping all right. There you go. That's a better word. Yeah, he hooping. Yeah. Any big balling. Grant Williams. You, you could go you go uh like a little bow wow and start singing, they're playing basketball. No, Grant Williams, big balling. Um, so I did ask Dalton Connect on, on the locker room on Sunday why he didn't wear number four. Because of Connect Four? I mean, everybody, everybody, it just makes sense, right? Connect Four. But yeah. He was like, hey, man. What was his answer? Well, he just wanted to wear number three. And, you know, he didn't want it to be. Super obvious. Obviously, like when he was growing up, I'm sure people made little jokes about Connect Four stuff like that. So I'm sure that kind of played into it. But I think it would have been awesome if you if you would have, would have wore four. Um, last basketball game, everyone ate. Santi did his thing. Uh, there's only a certain amount of points that can go around. It's really hard to have all your players do what they did versus Vanderbilt. Um, I don't know if I'm going to expect that. Again this season, maybe 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 tonight because Missouri is bad just like Vanderbilt. But like in basketball, not everybody can have twenty plus points or fifteen plus points. This ain't the All Star game. So Santi got on the board more in the points department, but and Santi has been playing, I feel like well for um, a, a while. Uh, Saturday. Ben, you made comments about Thompson Bowling Arena the last time we was here. I said what I said. I said it with my chest too, Vol fan. Saturday probably needs to be the loudest environment of the year. Now, Alabama was pretty pretty good, but A&M this Saturday needs to be the loudest. A lot of trash talking, a lot of disrespect from Texas A&M to Tennessee when we played down there. Talking to Ron Slay, he said if he was on this team, and if he and he's been through this situation before, where you're ready for a team to come in here, he said he would open the doors to let the students in. Come on, open the doors, let the students in. We've seen teams do that in the past. Players do that in the past. This team needs to do that. I told, I told Dalton that's what that's what he, they need to do. Open the doors. 
paying them guys, man. Get that revenge. Why are you looking at me like that? Because you know that ain't going to happen. You don't think we're going to open the doors? No. You don't think, no. You don't think Zika Ziggler will do that? He got that energy. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. I, I thought you meant give them a, a bigger student section by opening the doors. I see what you're saying. How did you get bigger student section from simply me saying open the door? Well, because you you let off. We had the conversation about the the seating last time around, and and then you said Ron Slate opened the door. I, I thought you meant by opening the door, giving more seats to students. No, so that's what I, I thought you were referencing. But I, I'm I'm with you now. You, you're talking about having the basketball team fired up. Yeah, yeah, and, the atmosphere. And, yeah, like yes, talked about I, that. I see not being saying. loud like other SEC places and venues. Like I'm saying. Saturday is going to be, it's going to be loud. Okay. Well, can we, can we open? Can can the players also open uh, the the doors for the the retirement entry as well? What do you mean? They need to open the doors for the common fans sitting courtside. That that's what they need to open the door for. Man, we 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 can't fix that right now. And not just courtside, but in the lower bowl. Yeah, we can't fix that right. Can they open the section? Can they open the doors to the sections not named student section? Yeah, we can't. We uh, we can't. We can't do anything about that right now. Short term. Well, we and, and, and again, it the, the LSU game was was pathetic. That that was the word I used last time around, it, it, and it absolutely was. It, it's not overall this season. It has not been bad. It's just not what it should be. Fair. Not what it should be. Simple as that. Yeah, fair. Listen, I'm not. The Alabama game was turned up, especially early on when it was still close. That that thing was buzzing, and uh, Tennessee, the the team is going to need Thompson Bowling to be a a true home court advantage here these last couple of weeks if it wants to win an SEC regular season championship. You you almost have to pitch a shutout overall, and in order to do that, you have to win your remaining home games, and you you got. Three big ones coming up against AM, Auburn, Kentucky. It's one of the best environments in college basketball when it's rocking. And in those three games, it has to reflect that to help this basketball team get over the hump and, and win an SEC regular season championship. Tonight, 7 p.m., last cupcake opponent of the regular season. Because after that, AM, Auburn at home. Alabama on the road, South Carolina on the road, and then Kentucky to finish the season at home. Uh, Tennessee baseball. Also, tonight, 4.30 p.m. A lot going on right now. We'll be back on Thursday to discuss it all. Ben McKee, Go Falls 247. I'm Jason Swain. Peace and much love. We are out.